Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> Welcome to our funky little radio program. It's fluffy, not stuffy, so for those, you know, consuming the full hour, I can guarantee it contains very few calories. Basically, we're talking a no-guilt experience, so kick back and enjoy. Right now, I should introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Go ahead and give us a sample chuckle. Nothing special, just something to warm up your vocal cords. Mm, all right, all right. How about this? <laughs>
Maybe I should have given everyone a heads up. You might be going there. Spud, Chance is coming into his own. He's starting to develop his own perspective, so to speak. Yeah, I can, a- and, I can hear and did you, you did you catch his use of the word existential? His vocabulary is growing by the day. That's so hot. Yeah, I can sense he's like this brooding cauldron of generational anger. And by the way, I know big community college words too. I spent like four or five years there myself. Uh, Chance, l- let's let's get down to the bottom here then. Uh, it's not my fault I was born when I was. It was just bad luck. I, I could have been in that greatest generation. Everybody loves those people. I mean, they're, they're heroes as, as they save the world. Um, and I, I guess we boomers came up a little short. But, you know, we did do rock festivals pretty well, and, and we pro- protested stuff, you know, okay, before we all sold out. The answer is... Well, you know, as a fellow baby boomer, I would say that not that baby boomers are sellouts, but our generation well, is exceptional. Uh, look at what we've accomplished. Uh, I don't know if I go that far. Well, well, how about the way we changed our economy? We popularized the use of credit cards. Uh, before <laughs> our generation, people tended to use cash and put off purchases until they had sufficient funds. Now, we all feel free to buy things that we really want. This one goes in your butt. Hang on a second. This one, this one goes in your mouth. Yeah, thanks for that great recession a few years ago. My parents almost lost our house. Well, you know, I don't think baby boomers are, are that smart financially, especially those freaking hedge fund managers. I mean, they stash their own money in offshore accounts, but they sure have lost like kajillions of other people's money. I'll, I'll admit to that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to add, I lost many thousands of dollars in the 90s when my pension fund was reinvested by one of those smarty pants hedge fund managers. Right, yeah. And I, I, I still don't have fond feelings for those people. All right, okay. Well, what about the invention of the mall? Before our generation, people would have to go to the local department stores downtown to shop for their needs. Now, a person can purchase all of their desires under the roof of one huge complex. How neat is that? What's your name, scumbag? I hate malls. They are the work of the devil, okay? (laughs) You guys... It's not funny. You guys... I appreciate the support, Aunt Dorothy. Well... You guys have dumped the worst creations of mankind onto our generation. Thank God millennials are killing off most of those things, like cable TV, classic rock, and oh yeah, mullets. Well, to be honest, I would kill for a decent mullet these days. You know, having a a full head of hair would be worth like having a hideous haircut. I said, your hair looks stupid. Oh, you had decent hair until about... Well, actually, your senior year in high school. Yeah. That was when I noticed the, oh, the lack of coverage up there. Well, you know, maybe from behind, where I couldn't see it in the mirror in those days, I didn't. I just wasn't picking up on it. I had no idea my bald spot was as bad as it was, you know, back then. But I think most of my hair lasted until my third year at community college. That was when I had to go with the full, you know, time baseball hat look. To this day. Stop being weak. It sucks to get old, Spud. Someday I'll relate to what you're saying about these things, but for now you just speak a foreign language to me. Oh, Chance, what have I always said about poking the bear? Spud, he means well in his commentary. Don't be upset. It's just he and his generation are frustrated by their lack of the same opportunities you were afforded. 
uh, dude, it's not my fault. You guys are screwed forever, okay? Or at least until my generation dies off. But right now, let's change the subject and let me introduce our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on. So, say hello to the whole Bolivian army. Spud Goodman Show. This is a Spud Goodman Show. Hey, this is Mike Tyson. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. Hey, uh, Spud. Yeah. Your first guest, Joe Coy, is waiting to speak with you. Good. You know, Joe is one of our favorite guests, wouldn't you say? I mean, a local guy who made it big, uh, right now really big. Uh, sometimes nice guys do finish first. Oh, I have always believed that nice guys do finish first. You know, I may be the only exception. As so far in my radio career on this show, things are not exactly taking off right now. You lose! Good day, sir! Well, maybe you don't meet the criteria for being a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. You know, guy. J- just because you say please and thank you, it doesn't make you a hero or something. Oh, Gerald, you might be a nice guy. I am a nice guy. Well, but it's possible you're not nice enough to open any doors career-wise, that is. You might just be somewhat nice. Yeah, I can go with that description, Aunt Dorothy. Somewhat nice is accurate. 
Sir, yes, sir. You, I, I am much nicer than somewhat nice. That's that's not a fair assessment. Okay. I, listen, I'm a totally nice guy. Well, we will have to agree to disagree, okay? Just put Joe through. I want to talk to a real nice guy. Yeah, okay, well, here he is. But remember, I, I'm right here, too, and I am. I am a nice guy. Welcome back to the show. One of our very favorite guests, Mr. Joe Coy. Thanks for checking in with us. Oh, come on. I have to. I always got to check in. Hey, all right. Super. Uh, so you're on tour once again, and we'll be stopping in the Seattle area on February 16th and 17th at the Showware Arena. Tickets are going fast, but are still available. Uh, yeah, right? That's crazy. The one sold out completely already. Wow. I, I can't remember which one we added. Um, yeah, man. Uh, that's my hometown, so they're coming out, man. Well, you know, for those listeners in other parts of the country, uh, you'll be stopping in their city, too, because I took a look at the list of where you're headed. You're going everywhere. And, and you just completed yeah. a, a bunch of countries around the world, too, right? Unbelievable, man. I'm playing, uh, yeah, I just got done with Australia and New Zealand. I played every uh, city inside Australia. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm going to Dubai. I'm going to Japan. I'm doing the Philippines. So wow. it's, it's been crazy. Yeah, well... After watching your last Netflix special, Coming In Hot, I thought it gave people a, a real feel for how big your shows have become. Like, no more dinky <laughs> comedy clubs with two drink, two drink minimums, you know? You're kind of huge yeah. these days. So here's my question. Yeah. Do you yeah. have, like, a really outrageous concert writer now demanding exotic stuff like hard-boiled bald eagle eggs or a couple dozen of those Popeye chicken sandwiches? What do you think? Hilarious, man. No, you know what's crazy is I literally... Just ask for water and coffee. What? I don't have any demand at all. Just give me my water. I'm good. God, I, think... I like to eat after a show. So, like, food in the green room is just, like, exhausting to me. Because I, I don't like going on stage with a full stomach. Well, gosh, you could at least... I, I, I heard the bigger the star, the the bigger the get. You just Even if you don't even want it. But it's just something I, I yeah. read. But maybe you could ask for something like uh, that's non-food related. Just think about it. Just put it put, put it on the back burner. But, all, all right. right. I'll all think right. about it. Yeah, okay. All right. So, so when you work on new material, do you write different jokes for 20,000 people in an arena than you would for like a night at gig, uh, Giggles or Chuckles Comedy Club? Well, if you, if you do an improv, you know, the, the setting's more intimate. So writing is looser so you don't you know when i write i just basically jot down the premise and i work from that on stage so the improvs it's a lot more looser so you can you, you can talk a lot more because you can keep uh you can keep the people uh uh involved you know without losing them uh when you play an arena you don't have time to work a joke out you got to have the meat and uh get rid of the fat and just get right to the meat so yeah, the jokes aren't different. It's just getting to the punchlines quicker and giving a little bit more energy and, and controlling a bigger room. That's the, that's the only difference. You know, when you look out at the 20,000 people, do you ever just like say, what, just say to yourself, like, what the hell happened? I mean, are you amazed? It's crazy. Yeah, I still get them. I keep pinching myself. It's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, I, I walk out there and I look around. I'm like, holy yeah. <laughs> They're really here to see me. Oh, man. And uh, it's been a blessing. I can't believe it. I'm playing venues that I I literally never imagined that I would play. And it's, you know, I'm doing it. It's, it's crazy. Radio City Music Hall in New York is sold out. Like, 
can't believe that. Damn. The Forum in Inglewood, where the Lakers played. Yeah. You know, I'm doing I two shows there. I'm doing two of them. Both of them sold out. Wow. Chase Arena, where the Warriors are playing. Uh, two of those sold out. So, And then I went to Australia and played like uh, this arena. And it was like 8,000 people came out. I was just like, oh, my God. This is crazy. Yeah. You still got that record in Hawaii, though. I was, like, that was uh, a... A crap load of people. 24,000. Yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. Well, you know, you have a heavyweight management firm behind you these days, CAA. Uh, do, do they get you indoors that say a friend of a friend who knows some people cannot pull off? Do you, do, you have, do you have to, like, stop yourself from demanding your own, like, TV channel on NBC or ABC right now? <laughs> with uh what are you talking about like with a, a deal or yeah or like i mean getting you, in? you got i mean you, you're getting indoors you never ever would have maybe got in and you're in them now i'm just did you have to stop yourself uh, from making demands or no no but it's been kind of cool that that last special got me a, a couple of good deals uh yeah. they're in the works right now so uh we'll make the announcement pretty soon but it's pretty cool man it's it's, it's neat to it's a, it's, it's a fun time right now, but it was also a long journey. So it took 30 years to get here, but I'm enjoying every minute. All right. Well, this is kind of off topic, but on the sh- on the show, we're discussing like the anti-baby boomer vibe from those darn millennials. But, but between you and me, I, I think I'd, I'd feel the same way if I was one of them. But anyway, uh, here's what I wanted to say. I'm not – I don't know what I'm – I guess what I'm trying to say here is uh, – I think I may have to maintain the selfish me, me, me worldview because that's how they've tagged us all. But you're a Gen X guy yourself, so you're kind of uh-huh. safe from all the haters. Do you, do you notice any generational friction at all? Uh, maybe you don't because you're Gen X. Yeah, it's kind of a weird time, right? It's like my son and I are both enjoying the same things at the same time. Really? It's more, It's more. yeah, it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm his dad, but I feel like Gen X, uh, kind of shares, like I don't know what it is. We're, we're, it's kind of like we're living in this parallel type timeline. Whereas my dad is like this complete separation of the baby boomer from Gen X, which is like so extreme. Yes. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it like, does. Yes, it does. I, I mean, I remember my dad had no idea what texting was, and I'm just like, "Are you f-ing dad? Really? You don't know what it's." You don't know what texting is? Like, I had to teach my dad how to text. You know, that that would never exist between my son and I. It's like we're both living this this uh, this digital world together, and, it, and it's kind of cool. I will say this, though. His music sucks. That's about okay. that's the one thing yes. that, uh, yes. that annoys me about my son is his music. I don't get Yeah, that's another topic. All right. Well, hey, uh, uh, Spud. What? If I may interject here, I would like to say I am a very skilled texter myself. My kids did not have to instruct me on how to communicate with my phone in a nonverbal fashion. Okay, fine. I am fully capable of typing multiple sentences. I mean, sure, it's it's a hunt and peck, one-handed type text, but I get all the information needed. Uh, Hey, Joe, uh, give me a sec. Yeah. You're proud you're able to text? Yeah, well, yeah. A pet rat could learn the basics of texting. I wouldn't crow too much about it. And, Gerald, most of your texts, well, the ones you've sent me, were plastered with way too many emojis. Jeez, less is more. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, last year, I stumbled upon emojis on my phone. I wasn't familiar with them. I guess I might be using them a little too generously. What's the acceptable limit per text on emojis? Like, less than six or seven? 
if I get any texts with emojis, I immediately delete it, all right? Really? They can mess with your head, you know, trying to figure out what they really mean. Well, I, I usually just use mostly hearts and smiles. Yeah, okay, just don't ever text me, okay? And right, let me get back to Joe. All right, I'm back. Yeah, man. Speaking of music, let me hit you with this then. I, I was thinking stand-up comedians really don't have a shelf life. Like most rock stars have to hang it up and say they're mid-80s or early 90s, but you could work until you're 100, you know, with the help of like a walker and maybe some oxygen to get you through a show. What do you think? Yeah, 100%, man. I'm, I'm not going to stop doing stand-up. I'm going to do it till I die. All right. Die on stage if I have to. All right, super. Okay, well, I know you got a jet, but let me hit you with the last question. Uh, does your family or close friends from way back uh, like treat you any differently these days? Because you know, without you had a day gig at Nordstrom's right way back. So uh, way back. Yeah. So do, do do you still have to like get up and get your own beer within your inner circle, or do they they treat you? You know, they, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. Yeah, man. That's the best part, man, is enjoying the fruits of the labor. You know. So yeah, I love it. I still get up, still do my thing. Just uh, it's it's a little cooler now because I get I get comps a lot. You know, a lot of people hook me up with free gifts now, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, let me say again that you are back out on tour once more. Uh, you're on the road a lot, man. But anyway, pretty much yeah. everywhere, and you're going to be in the Seattle area on February 16th and 17th at Showwear Arena. Elsewhere, people need to look at their local listings. So, hey, hey, man. Just uh, we really, really appreciate you doing this. Okay. Oh, you're awesome, man. Thank you. All right. There you have it, Mr. Joe Coy. Spud goodness to Anulo. Spud goodness to Anulo. Did I ever tell you about that? Hey, Spud. Our show's resident sex therapist, Christine Gregson, is holding for you. Uh, you want me to put her through? Yes, I have something I, I want to talk to her about. Oh, oh, all right. Okay, here she is. Hey, welcome back to the show, Christine Gregson, who is our resident sex therapist on this program. Yeah. Uh, thanks for calling in. Well, Spud, I do find myself enjoying this. Communicating through my blog yeah, has been I like fulfilling. That. I like that you enjoy But it. I believe I'm reaching a different audience with your show that I never would have had access to. And from what I hear, your listeners are quite unique. Well, I, you know, I've heard that too. I guess there's some research that our executive producers shared with us that says most in our audience are former or currently uh, recovering bulimics and uh, in bedwetters, I guess. And I'm in one of those two clubs. I'll, you know, I don't need to get specific right now. But anyway, what I wanted to bring up with you is the subject of media in the bedroom. There are so many options available these days. You know, it's tough for a couple to decide yeah. what best fits them. 
you know? You mean what particular song or cassette would best set the mood romantically uh, in the yeah, bedroom? Kinda, ki- yeah, kind of, yeah. That would be so subjective that I... Uh, well, well cass- and cassettes, I mean, you're either like way out of it or, or way too hip. But anyway, not just what song, but what type of media? Do, do you throw in visuals, like put in a, like an adult movie in a DVD player or, or just flip it to Cinemax after dark on, you know, on demand or whatever, wherever it's at? Well, <laughs> my husband and I do have Cinemax. And I don't believe that that after dark selection of programming is still available. Really, I, but I get what you're saying. What time of what type of mood altering stimulation media wise yeah, works best for a couple? Exactly. Well, that that is a great question. Well, yeah. I mean, I I mean, there are certain songs for certain moments that I never get tired of. Or you know, or or I, I might play the same movie each time we have you mm. know physical relations. And I've I've heard the criticism that I need to pick a new movie sometimes. You know that yeah. the old one's boring. But but for me, when I find a part or a, of a movie that's really sexy, it never gets old for me. I I just mm. fast forward to that part and it works every time. Well, Spud, my first thought would be that the choice that you add to the bedroom should be something that both of you find erotic. Both of us? No one wants no one wants a selfish lover who doesn't take into account what their partner finds appealing hmm. to. But but what if your partner has really, really horrible taste in music? Uh, Spud, what? Well, if you truly love someone, you love what they love. Do you follow me? No? Well, okay. Your problem is not with the musical tastes of your partners. It's with who you choose to be in a relationship with. Uh, My wife, Rachel, is very fond of Celine Dion. Now, I'll admit, it did take me a few years to become a fan of Celine, but my love for Rachel allowed me to accept Celine in my life, too. uh, Christine, just a sec. Okay. You just made it sound like you're having a threesome with her and your wife. Anyway, what I was going to say to Christine is, a while back, I was sleeping with this girl who, who had Sirius XM, and, and she ins- insisted you know, on listening to their Pitbull channel. Jeez, I mean, all Pitbull all the time. Uh, who the hell at that place decided to give freaking Pitbull his own channel? You know, okay, after a while, she gave in and, and would switch it to Ozzy's Boneyard or, or the hair metal station that they have. Not much of an improvement, but but less Pitbull was nice. But my point is, it's impossible to have sex with someone who has horrible taste in music. Okay, not impossible, but not ideal. Well, listen, Celine Dion may not have her own channel on Sirius, but they do have a Love Songs channel, and I'm told that she's played heavily. Uh, It's good to know. Now let me get back to Christine. I have returned. Well, like I've said before... The key to a true connection in love and being selfless. Putting the desires yeah. of your partner first in the bedroom, but maybe maybe this is not a realistic plan for you, Spud. Yeah, maybe not. You know. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, well it's the truth. I should be going, but it was well, an interesting no, conversation as always. Yeah, I got other stuff. I was kind of, you got to go? You got you to gotta go, huh? <laughs> you got to go? All right. I got to go. Okay, whatever. I had a whole lot of more a whole lot more stuff to anyway. All right. Well, thanks for coming back on our show. There you have it our our show's resident sex therapist, Christine Gregson. Spud's not going anywhere and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. <laughs> Thank you. 
We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Can we get back to what we're discussing? My fellow millennials are sick and tired of being minimalized by baby boomers. Just because you guys have all the money and power, it doesn't mean you're smarter or correct in your worldview. Oh, no. Oh, sweetie, like I said earlier, I am so proud of you expanding your vocabulary. The use of worldview was very impressive. Thank you, Dorothy. I I read that copy of Us News and World Report you gave me. Good. It was actually kind of interesting. Uh, Hey, can you keep your pillow talk to yourselves? You know, Chance, you millennials really have not experienced, like, the cool things we got to experience. I mean... Seriously, I bet you have no clue on how to put together a mixtape, right? That is messed up, yo. What kind of tape? A mixtape. I always made them for the women I was dating. Nothing says I care about you more than a killer mixtape. I bet you never even have bought a cassette tape, right? Oh, you know, as you know, Spud, I have a very large collection of cassette tapes. <laughs> Not your cassette I, tapes. No, who, I uh, still make mixtapes for my, my wife, God, Rachel. She loves them. Lock her up. That's right. Get that's right. Uh, you might want to move on like I have recently to making mixed CDs uh, uh. these days. J- just a suggestion. Uh, and Chance, you know, there is such a cultural divide as you guys, you millennials, have missed all the great TV shows too. Like, have you ever seen Leave it to Beaver or, or the Beverly Hillbillies or for sure Green Acres? Well, leave it to who? No, I've, I've never heard of those shows. Were they on in the 40s? No, honey. <laughs> they were popular in the 60s. People enjoyed those shows, but I don't know if you would care for them, to be honest. Come on, Leave it to Beaver was an awesome show, and Green Acres still holds up. You know, it, well, it's still better than any of those freaking Kardashian programs on that E! channel. Courtney, Chloe. Chance, I know that you must have seen reruns of uh, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, or Little House on the Prairie. Well, no. Are they comedies? Heavens, no. Gosh, what kind of TV did you grow up with? Well, Family Guide, South Park, Catfish on MTV. We have, how should I say it, maybe more refined tastes than your generation, Spud. Yes! Again, honey, no need to insult him. There might be a better way to express your opinion. You know, hearing more about what you millennials have been exposed to helps to explain the difficulties that you have in assimilating into society. Maybe all your brooding loner types will someday find something to put a smile on your face. Maybe learn to laugh a bit. Think this is funny? Is this a joke to you? Uh, Yeah, if you guys were, like, exposed to decent music instead of that fake crap that's in your top 40 or top 15 these days, whatever, uh, you might smile a lot more. I can't even watch most of the bands now on Saturday Night Live. That's ridiculous. If they aren't lip-syncing or or using multiple backing tracks while they're dancing all over the place, they're attempting to, like, do a song with no hooks or meaning. Uh, (laughs) Would it kill Lorne Michaels to book a decent rock band occasionally? Jeez, trying to please a millennial audience is a waste of time anyway. As you guys don't watch TV. Oh, not like, uh, you know, on a real TV. Yeah, you know, we don't watch Saturday Night Live as it's on too late for us, but I've heard that it's quite irreverence, bud. (laughs) Yeah, it's only been on the air 45 years. Anyway, Chance, is it true that millennials can't write their names or their addresses if they get lost without their phones? Um, I'm about to take a shower, brush my teeth, 
have a long day today. That's an urban legend. I can write in cursive, and it's been a while for me, but if you put a piece of paper in front of me, I could put down the essential information about me. Well, Chance, you're selling yourself short. As you've written me some very sweet notes, short ones, just a couple of words, but very meaningful. And thank you, Dorothy. My mother's always bugging me about keeping my writing skills up to speed in case I get a job that requires me to use a pen or a pencil. And it only makes common sense. I mean, yeah, that, that's good advice from your mom. But of course, she's a baby boomer, right? Technically, but she identifies as a Gen X member. She feels their science fiction writers were way better than the baby boomer authors. Okay, whatever. Anyway, all right. hey, it's time for my musical guest interview. That's like one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah, you so like just zip it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Say hello to our musical guest, the whole Bolivian Army. All right. Uh, please identify yourselves and your instrument and current rank. Matt, I'm, I was thinking rank. What's my rank? Matt, guitar. Uh, I think I'm like a lieutenant colonel, huh. songwriter. Super. It's kind of a big mantle there. And I'm Mary Beth, singer. Super. And could you identify the rest of the members? I can. This is Delia. She's on the bass. And Gibson on drums. Super. Now, has the actual Army of Bolivia contacted you guys about copyright infringement? Because I'm, I'm sure they also have a military band that performs publicly. <laughs> Not yet, but we're waiting for that email. All right, all right. Now, I know I most bands prefer to not disclose personal relationships, but I'm a journalist, okay, first and foremost. And I would be remiss if I didn't disclose a rumor that two of you four are married to each other. True or false? True, true or false? Come on. True. True. It's true. 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 Super. Uh, can I get the breakdown? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Break it down, Mary Beth. That's us. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we're married. <laughs> it, it happened a while ago, a couple years, when, 19, uh, to some other time. Yeah. It's not right now. When Gen Xers get married. Yeah, we might know. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were related to that guy, too. So. So, so, for the record, this young man on the drums is your son. son yeah, well, he is wow. the, the never, spawn of the We couldn't get a army. reliable drummer. So Dang. You, know. okay. you, had, you had to create one. You all just, right. You got to give birth one. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. It's all... <laughs> This is almost overwhelming. Um, so, Delia, do you feel, uh, as most b bass players do, that you are the most important element in this band? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could. I thought we could really go with that. But twenty-five right. percent. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, hey, Gibson. Uh, uh, you know, you're the drummer and son of said parents. Uh, do you have a say in uh, like band decisions, or are you not registered to vote yet? Uh, I, I have a bit of a say, but, you know, maybe more like 15%. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay, super. Well, let me ask, what is the next song? And you have to tell me what it's about. I try to press you know, our musical guest to give us a little background on the song. The next song is Mother. He wrote it, so he's going to tell you what it's about. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of about the mother we all live on, this earth place. So, uh, Speaking of... Boomers and millennials yeah, and all that it's climate basically stuff. Basically, it's just—it's a really okay. We've destroyed the earth. Yeah. I'll it's admit a, it. Okay, it's a Written very angry Genesis. song. Again, <laughs> the baby boomers left us nothing, and so all we have is this song, "Mother." All right, let's do it. I'm feeling very guilty right now. <laughs> Thank you. 
Goodman Radio Show. Uh, this is Robert Hayes. You may remember me from Airplane, but uh, I'm looking for a little help. For some reason, I wound up here in the Spud Goodman Show, and uh, I have no idea why. Yes, Spud, yes. your next guest, actress Julie Haggerty, is holding for you. Okay, I love this lady. She kills it, even when she's only on screen for a little bit. I, I think I've seen Lost in America with Albert Brooks more than probably The Wizard of Oz, and that's a lot of times for me. Yeah. She, she, she has a movie out now on Netflix that is getting, like, major award buzz. I, I've seen it, and it's really good. Oh, I thought she was so funny in both of the airplane movies. Oh, you know, our family has seen both of those airplane movies, and... They were somewhat randy with oh, you know, some off-color humor for sure, but gosh darn it, we did enjoy them. I don't know what the hell is going on with my body. I think that maybe I might try to be taking a pregnancy test. If it's not that, then it's menopause, definitely. Uh, I, dude, I, I think they were both rated PG, for God's sakes. Yeah, a little racy. I, I sure would hate to be one of your kids. Oh, yes, Gerald. You must be a real buzzkill as a parent. I feel sorry for your kids, too. My kids love me and trust my judgment on what movies they should see. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Uh, right, if you say so. Just put Julie through, man. Yeah, here she is. Please welcome actress Julie Haggerty. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on our show. Oh, Spud, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so let's talk about your new movie, Marriage Story, now streaming on Netflix. It's generated a lot of buzz and award nominations. For for me, it was an intense experience watching it, like I needed a drink afterwards. Can you give the basic <laughs> yes. storyline yes. for those who haven't seen it yet? It's, it's you know, it's, it's an incredible uh, love story about divorce. I believe Laura... Dern, who, who's in a, you know, kind of, she said that, and I had to agree with her, and uh, it's just, it's a heartbreaking love story, and uh, you root for everybody, you get mad, but I would like to say the cast is amazing. Yes, it, yes. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver and Ray Liotta and Alan Alda and, and yourself. Weaver. Oh, <laughs> did I get to be in it? My friend Wally Shawn is in it. Yes. So it's just this wonderful ensemble too. 
Yeah, well, you know, uh, marriage is a pretty tough challenge, in my opinion. It's not for wusses. Uh, having failed at it a few <laughs> times myself, you know, after people watch the movie, do you think they come away with a thumbs up or thumbs down on the institution of marriage? I think they come away with, like, don't get a divorce. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's. I think that's, I don't know, like, the, the lawyers stir the pot, you know, a little bit. Um, you know, it. But it, it, it just shows the depth of love and how things can turn. And, you know, it's just no one's fault. And it just, life changes. And uh, it, it is like peering in through a window to um, human nature. Yeah, it, uh, like I said, I'll be honest with you, it wasn't just one drink I had afterwards. But anyway, all right. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Spud? What? If I may comment on the subject of divorce, as I myself have been faithfully married for over 20 years yeah, to my yeah, lovely yeah. wife, Rachel, I, I just don't understand how people like yourself fail to take the institution of marriage seriously. Th there should be no excuse for couples just throwing in the towel when times get tough. If my wife and I, well, honestly, we've never experienced tough times ourselves. But we adore each other. Uh, Julie, I need a moment here. What are you saying? You're, you're, you're what? A superior person because well, you're still on your first marriage? Well, well, as one who's gone through a divorce myself, I don't appreciate that judgmental attitude, Gerald. People make mistakes, you know? Yeah, it will. Listen, in God's eyes, there's no excuse for failure after one takes the vows of marriage. It's something <sighs> people do once in their lives, and there are no do-overs. Look, I may have made a few bad decisions in my life. Yeah. And marriage might be one of the areas where I've screwed up the most, but you know, I'm s still sort of friends with all my ex-wives. They like me a lot better now, you know, that we're divorced. But that's another topic. Let me get back to Julie. Okay, I'm back. Okay, <clears throat> Before we go much further, can I ask you a question or two on my third most favorite movie of all time, Lost in America? Sure. I gotta do this. So, how much time did you have to spend in the motorhome shooting the movie? Did you and like Albert Brooks just use it maybe later as your trailer because you're when you you know when you're out on the road filming? We were in that motorhome. It was like it was the third character in the movie. I mean, the motorhome had its own storyline, and we actually did drive cross country with a skeleton crew with two motorhomes to shoot, you know, the drive-bys. So we did spend a lot of time in that motorhome. Oh, all right. <laughs> it well, was just nutty, yeah. Well, and for the record, my uh, number one all-time movie is Modern Romance, because Albert Brooks is a comedy guy. That's that's a fact. But, you know. he's, he's a genius. Yes. Yeah, that, that, he's, he's, I wish he would make more movies. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I want to say this. Also, that movie had a real impact on my gambling habits, like like quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I, I still think of right. you losing the nest egg. Have you ever tried your luck with roulette in Vegas since the movie? No, I'm not a gambler, but um, I, I just, I, I you, people do get addicted. And it is, when you go to Las Vegas, you see people like, no, no, that's my slot machine. Don't touch it. Yes. Oh, yeah. So there's this whole luck thing going on. And I feel bad because I think the crew lost a lot of their money after shooting at yeah, night. Yeah. Now, I've seen that yeah. movie probably like 25 times, and every time you lose oh, a nest yeah. egg, you, when you lose a nest egg, it just, I don't know, 
it hits me pretty hard still. But anyway, all right. Uh, I, I know. I've had some people come up to me and say, you lost the nest egg, and they were kind of bitter about it. Well, I, I might it's be one a of movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. I, I, all right. Well, well, speaking of movies, now you co-starred in both airplane movies. You, you know, we had Robert Hayes on the show, and oh. I'll ask you the same question. Do flight staff treat you guys like ro- royalty still? I mean, I know he said they do, because it's, it's still really popular. You guys made flying seem really interesting, so maybe you inspired a whole lot of people to get into the industry. Well, maybe. I, I Bob and I are still dear friends. I adore him. Uh We've been actually playing phone tag the past couple of days, trying to catch up, and um, you know, some, yes, when people recognize me, they're it's uh, it's fun, and they're like, oh my goodness, you know. So, uh, you know, or people who are on the plane are terrified. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like you yeah. might like you might get up and start giving like directions and stuff. Yes, might serve them a. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, super. Well, um, well, you also voiced the character of Carol on Family Guy. Uh, can you, like, do your part at home, like, record it on your laptop while in bed or maybe catching rays in the backyard? Or do you got to go into the studio? No, then you go to the studio, which is really fun, to and um, go in a booth and, and, and do it. And they serve a lot of candy, oh. so I like it. Oh, good, can- uh, good candy, or not like those like, like those little mini things that are really good candy. There's no bad candy. Oh, that's a good point. Well, well stated. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> I stand corrected. Um, oh, well, you, sorry. Um, does oh, well, speaking of uh, Family Guy, does, does Seth MacFarlane, uh, uh, you know, at staff meetings, like ever break out in song? Because he likes to sing a lot. Does he ever show up or? You know, he's not around when I play Carol, but I I'm a big fan of his, and he does have a great voice. Yeah, he does. Yes. And he, I think he can do just about anything, can he? Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's what you would call multi-talented. Um, yes, he is indeed. Well, I know you got a lot of stuff to do. Let me close with my required talk show host question. All right, yeah. <clears throat> Julie Haggerty, what has been your most memorable moment in show business? Hmm. I don't. Uh, uh, I guess just that I get to do it. Yeah, it's kind of cool, isn't it? Yeah. I'm always surprised and always grateful and always happy that I get to do it. So it's all one big excitement. All right, super. Okay. Well, tell you what, I, I'm not going to bother you any further. Um, but let me remind Don't everyone. Well, okay, I, that makes me feel better. But let me remind everyone that your new movie, Marriage Story, is now streaming on Netflix, and it's gotten a, a ton of attention, and will continue to do so. Thanks a whole bunch, you know, for coming on the show and, and just speaking with me. I really appreciate it. Well, it was totally my pleasure, and thank you for having me. Oh, there you have it, Ms. Julie Eggerty. Okay. The program that you are now listening to in English forms part of a series heard in some 30 languages in all regions of the world. Produced in partnership by people from every region, it is presented as an international contribution to a better understanding of... The Spider-Gilman Show. <laughs> My, how time flies. So, Chance, before we sign off, don't you think you would feel so much better if a truce was declared between our generations? We should not be bickering and pointing fingers. Can't we all just get along? Yeah, yeah, stop pointing fingers. The survival of my generation is at stake, so the answer is no. 
I and my fellow millennials have to take a stand. Look what you guys have done to the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, babe, maybe you could post your feelings on that Snapchat thing you seem to like so much. That might be a better venue. No. I want my feelings to be permanently recorded. Okay. I use Snapchat mostly for exchange of romantic pictures. There's no need for my views on this to disappear. Good call, yo. Yeah, someday I'm gonna figure out how to use that Snapchat thingy, you know, because one of my marriages might have been, you know, saved. We could have, I don't know, kept it together if that thing was around then. Snapchat, do, it, do, you, do you do tweets on that? Dude, you should just keep up using your, your current manner of communication, the telegram. Yeah, you know, Spud, I've not been to a Western Union office in years. You know, the fees, they got really pricey, so I've transitioned to uh, other platforms, I think they call them. Mmm, oh, that is terrific. I will say baby boomers have destroyed Facebook for sure. Even my grandmother uses it now. Everything you guys touch, you ruin. Yeah, I'll admit the average demographic on Facebook is similar to that of a Hallmark channel. You know, you know, my wife and I love Facebook. When our oldest, Gerald Jr., turns 18, we will be allowing him to get his own page or whatever whatever it is it's called, a page I think it is. But Anyway, with it, my wife is able to share recipes, find out about church activities, and put up pictures of our cat, Mimi. <laughs> and that's why no millennial will go near that app these days. Truth isn't truth. Yeah, I guess it's just one more thing that offends you snowflakes. I mean, you guys are so judgmental and sensitive. We are not snowflakes. We're just not happy about playing by your rigged set of rules, like buying a house. No way we can do that with our college loans and low-paying jobs. And even if we are able to save enough money for a down payment on a house, there are not many available until your generation clears out, so to speak. Clears out? Are you seriously wishing for our early demise? That is not very nice. Oh, Chance is not hoping you die, Spud. Don't okay. be so dramatic. All right. You know, our family home will not be placed on the market when my wife and I are joined in heaven. We don't want our children to fight over the proceeds, so we've signed over the deed to our church. You dick! I'm guessing it'll be torn down and used for a retail outlet. It's You know, it's a mixed zoning area. If I was one of your kids, I'd be really pissed off about that. There's no free lunch, man. I yeah. mean, okay, for interns, there, there might be some free snacks, as we kind of have to provide that for you here. Oh, Chance, you know housing will not be a concern for you, as someday my house will be in your name. What? When my time comes. Really? I mean, just because you're marrying this kid, there, there's nothing legally binding that makes you turn your house over to him if, if you kick the bucket before he does. Look, alternative facts are not facts. I think your nephew might be a more prudent choice. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, I, I believe that is what wills are for, Spud. Right. It, it's, it's your aunt's prerogative as to who will inherit her house. You see, that is why we've avoided this situation by donating our house. From what I read, millennials may never get out from under the burden of supporting your generation, like Social Security, Medicare, and those senior citizen discounts. You know, somebody ultimately pays for them. Yes, we're going to have the wall, and yes, Mexico is going to pay for the wall 100%. The kicker is, I read an article that said baby boomers will be living until they're 100, or forever, basically. 
we'll be old ourselves before we're free from supporting your every need. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, we take care of ourselves and, and our conscience conscious about, you know, leading a healthy lifestyle. So, so sue us for making wise choices. Boomers have all sorts of health issues that are exploding our health care costs, like obesity along with drug and alcohol abuse. Face it, you guys are messed up in so many ways. I think that this is your way of telling me something. You know, those kinds of accusations will get your generation nowhere, Chance. We baby boomers may have a few issues to take care of. Now, not my wife or I, but sure, as a group, we do need to take better care of ourselves. And yeah, I also read that 85% of Donald Trump's base are boomers. So if all of you live to 100, we'll have to deal with Donald Jr. and then maybe Eric in the White House too. Hell will freeze over. That's not a good reason for all of you to right now drink half a gallon of Drano. I don't know of one. Well, listen, we can only hope for a Trump dynasty. Keeping America great for decades to come sounds amazing to me. Uh, oh, yeah. give me a break, Gerald. And honey, that Drano remark was somewhat harsh. Yeah. You might want to walk that one back. Okay, well, how about a quart of motor oil? That still ought to get the job done. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. Yeah, it makes me somewhat uncomfortable when a bunch of young whippersnappers you know, want me to step aside and take a knee. You know, I think I'm going to hang around till like I'm at least 120 after hearing what you have to say. Uh, but that's, anyway, all right. Well, uh, they're telling me I got a rap right now, so. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is our musical guest. Who will close the show, by the way? The whole Bolivian army. Show me exactly where I fell. Hold me. This place feels like hell. More than a little lost. I'm cracked up face down. I'm more than a little drunk. Broke my chin on the ground. Save me.
The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions. Engineered by Trevor Jastad and recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Associate producer, TJ Pites. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2020 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. Thank you.